these readings just beg for a Bible study, but we, uh, there's so much in them. The first reading is often picked at weddings, but it really, it, and it is a good wedding reading, I suppose, but it, the, the woman there in the wisdom literature is, is euphemistically called by scripture scholars, wisdom woman. She is a metaphor for a person who uses their talents and their lives wisely. She spins, she cooks, she's wonderful. She does everything well. And then he finishes with this wry observation that we all know, well, those of us who are older anyway know so well, that beauty is fleeting, you know, but wisdom lasts forever. People that chase after ephemeral, what turn out to be ephemeral things, wealth and beauty, earthly wealth and beauty, it does not last. So we want to look for things that do last. We know there is another we know there is another kingdom, and that makes all the difference. People who think this is the only world there is chase after things that are not really theirs. None of this, I don't have to tell you that none of this really belongs to us. We have to put it all back, and that's by design. We will be given something permanent. What, what our Lord means by responsibilities, we don't know, but we do know that we will be allowed and invited to the Creator's table. Can you imagine the, the great dignity of eating with the, the one who created and sustains everything in being. There's no way that we deserve a gift like that. And that's what's coming. And so he gives us these talents. And then in the second reading, we see that, that he says, I'm, and again, this, is, it, this theme is picked up in Revelation as well. Behold, I'm going to come as a thief in the night. Now here he's talking about the end of the world, which we're going to hear the last judgment next Sunday, but he also refers to the opportunities that come like a thief in the night, or the, the, for some, the moment of death comes very quickly without the slightest warning. Others have a long and slow descent to the runway, but the point is, is that oftentimes we're caught unawares as to what's truly valuable. I would, I've ventured to say that many, uh, I, I don't have to venture, I know from my years in the airline industry that many travel or want to travel at Thanksgiving. It, it's, you know, without, we, we realize dysfunctional that many of our families are, we want to be together. And this goes for our church family. And this year, many will not be able to do that for various reasons, quarantines and you know what's and things. And we realize what's valuable because it, for this year at least, many will be unable to do that. So we find out much to our chagrin perhaps and at the last moment with what came down last, couple uh, Friday I believe uh, that it's going to be harder to get together and so it becomes suddenly more valuable what do you know I, I see this at funerals all the time people find out what's valuable time health that we lost and family and friends or people that we uh, made a difference in our lives you know forgiveness so we get to the gospel here this is really interesting these these got these three individuals are not told specifically to invest this money Actually, it isn't money. Well, the talent is something else. He, and why he gives it to them, we are not told either. But a talent is not money. It is a weight. And, and things were measured on scales there because you couldn't tell in a coin whether it was uh, rigged with, with copper, silver coins, especially the Romans. The, the more that they, not 
like our own country. The, we, they, the coins used to be made of solid silver, and then they began to cheat by putting what, what's inside of, of, of quarters now. They used to be solid silver. I've still got some. And now, of course, it's just a veneer. And this is, the Romans did this also later in their empire. And so they would weigh these things to make sure they were solid silver and gold. So they, anyway, a weight, a talent is a certain weight, and this talent roughly translated into our current money would be at least a half a million dollars. So a person receiving 10 talents added up. It was a lot of money, and people there would have known that. We don't know it. A talent, of course, to us means uh, some, some skill that we have, like uh, speaking Spanish, which is not one of my best talents, but they love me anyway. But in any case, he goes on a, long, on a journey. It turns out to be a long journey. They don't know that either. It's only mentioned it's long when it comes to an end. So they don't know when he's coming back. But they take this, which does not belong to them, which they know they have to return to this guy at some point, and they invest it. The first one immediately goes out. He's a real go-getter. He's got lots, of, he's got lots and he receives a lot. Notice that the, the one with... Um, the one with... Uh, Let's see, five, three, five, two, and one. Thank you. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you receive five, two, or one. It's what we did with it. The one with two and five received the same reward. It, 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 you know. So the one with five immediately goes out. And, and I will say this about St. Ed's. When, when the first lockdown occurred, like we are getting again, alas, uh, we immediately realizing I'm looking at the camera right now I thought it was rather ugly when we put it in but we we as a as a as a staff and as some around here realized hey we have this really boss camera let's start live streaming we'd never done it either we'd only used it once a year at Easter vigil but we knew we had it we got busy and after a couple of days figured out how to do it. it took a while but that's an example of our parish having a talent and using it immediately. Another talent that we have as a group is the is our commercial grade kitchen. We're the only, as far as I know, the only Christian church in Kaiser that has a commercial grade kitchen. And it's right on River Road, so we, had, we used it for the community dinner. And it came back to us after, after a certain time with a grant, uh, which we weren't expecting that we redid the kitchen, and it cost us very, very little, and it needed it very, very badly. You can see even even in this world, we're repaid with uh, come share your master's joy. You've been faithful in small things. We did this together, even if you haven't been part of the community there. Now, we're, now they're lining up here on Wednesdays to receive food boxes. Again, we're, we're giving of, a, of what we have. We've been received the talent of, of being here on River Road, here right on the main drag if you're not from our parish. And so we, we're trading it to the advantage of God. He's expecting us to use these talents. You know, a, a church that doesn't have those attributes, God isn't expecting them to do that. That's our gift that we have received gratuitously. And so, it, what's interesting, of course, the, the center of this parable is the man with one talent. Why does he bury the money? Well, first of all, all three of these individuals were called to take a risk. If you don't risk, you get nothing in life. Everything, if you think about it, even getting married is a risk. You know, you, we don't know what's going to happen. 
the valves have two sides to them, don't they? And, and same with being a priest. I didn't have a clue what it meant. You know, the, we, we put our hands, if you've ever seen ordination, we put our hands like this. It's the only vow I take twice. So it's twice as hard if any of you have done this. You know, I promise obedience to you and your successors. I said that to, uh, it was supposed to be Archbishop Leveda, but he, he, oh, excuse me, it was Bishop George. I started with Leveda, then it was Bishop George, and ended up with Bishop Steiner, who never ceased telling a joke uh, about, uh, it was Father Amsbury and myself, so he said, I ordained them from A to Z. <laughs> anyway, I must have heard that joke a hundred times. I said, Archbishop, can't you tell, Bishop, can't you tell another joke? And he said, but that one's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I said, it was the first 99 times I heard it. But anyway, um, so I put my hands in his, I hope he's not listening, uh, and he said, I love Bishop Snyder, he, I put my hands like this, and he put his on my, on both sides, and he said that, do you promise obedience? And sometimes obedience has been very difficult. And another one we're going to have is going back to 25 and four buildings. I'm not obeying the governor, I'm obeying the bishop, okay? I'm not saying we, the governor is not important, but my boss is the bishop. And he's following what the governor says, and so, so are we. And that's not easy for me to look out and see so few of you out there next Sunday. That is a very painful for us pastors, but we do what we have to do, right? And it used to be, remember, any of you take the vows in marriage, love, honor, and obey? I don't know when they took that out, but it was before I became a priest. Anybody here take that vow, love, honor, and obey? What a bunch of disobedient people you guys are, I'll tell you. But don't we have to be obedient to each other in order to survive? Every, almost everybody's work for a living has to be obedient. And that's one of the, that is one of the fruits. But this guy buries his stuff in the ground. That was the safest thing to do. Even putting money in a bank was a risk because not the, not the interest, but the fact that the country could be overrun or the bank would, would fail. There was no backup in, the, in countries in those days. So there was a risk involved. This guy's afraid of the master. He doesn't like him. He, he uh, in fact, he even tells him off when he gives the money back and says, well, I, you know, I sat on it and, and here it is back again. And he gets condemned for it. Uh, so he wasn't willing to take any risks in life. You think about it, you're not going to get anywhere without taking a risk. Uh, and uh, uh, we often, us priests talk about this with what we did, and, and it's true when you get married, it's true for anything in life that's valuable, is, you know, any friendship, any act, and when we reach out to somebody, we're, the, we have the risk of being rejected, and the with God, we take a risk because we don't know what reward we're going to get. And it often does, it's a delayed reward. The Lord delays in coming. He, we keep investing. We believe that, uh, that he's going to come. And of course he will, because this is his world. And we have to give it to some, we have to give it to the next crowd that comes in. We're, we, have, we have one shift and then another shift comes in. And we've been given the talent of life. The talent or the gift of life. Many don't make it out these days. And we are fortunate to be, have been born, fortunate to be alive, fortunate that we have been given different talents and different levels of talents. We are not called to judge the person with only one talent. You may think somebody's doing nothing with their lives when in fact they've been given very little uh, to do. They might not have the gift of initiative. They might not have, be as intelligent as we are. That's, that's part of God's will. We're not equal. Uh, we may be, all men are created equal, it says in the um, preamble to the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence, one of the two. But, you know, we aren't created equal in talents, but that's part of the test. 
I mean, given 10 talents, we ought to be investing more than the one who has one. I'll finish with this. It's a wonderful image from St. Ignatius Loyola. It, uh, it, it's really helpful when we feel that a little bit down because we perhaps uh, aren't able to do as much. Some of you haven't been able to come to Mass for nine, eight months or so, and we, I hear from you. And, you know, it, it, again, when things are tough, we have to take the initiative and invest in God when we can't come to church every week because uh, by praying on the side and keeping our faith going or we're going to lose it. I can't emphasize that enough. But he says people sometimes are too hard on themselves. They ask more of themselves than God asks of them. What he wants us to do is to make good use of the time and talents and treasure that we have ourselves. So that, um, But he doesn't ask us to do something that we are unable to give. If I'm locked up in one of the, um, the homes here that can't get out, God doesn't ask that. We have a deacon right now that can't leave the hill. God isn't asking him to be with me this Sunday. I, wish, I certainly wish he could be here and share him with you, but that's not, he, that's not his gift right now. His gift is to be obedient to the seminary and do the best he, could, he can. And boys, that's, good. that's a good lesson for life. You know, we don't get to choose our crosses. But we ask the Lord to help us to keep that vision of where we're going and that eternal wealth that's waiting and that great table with Thanksgiving coming up to, to, to eat and drink with, with the Creator and our whole family together in heaven where we are headed. Thanks be to God.